0: Hello and welcome to the Perusia Podcast. I'm Shabal Reis, your host, and we are back in the studio at Voice of Charity. During the lockdown, God has not left us. He's, he's actually allowed this means to reach more people. So mm. in the last three months, we've reached more people than we've reached in the last three years. Yeah. We've worked out that from the just the that's, sheer number of amazing, people. That's amazing, isn't it? So it's been amazing. Very
1: providential. Yes. God turns all things unto good yeah. for those who So
0: remember, we, we had a, a little... Teaser: A half-hour show with you um, on the EWTN platform, and that mm. was the My Encounter series, which yes. has been amazing, and that, that's all over the world. That one, and um, but we ne- we didn't really go into detail. There's one aspect we're going to do today. Yeah, it
1: was very brief, wasn't it? Um,
0: that's right. It's just enough to see your your quick uh, spiritual journey, but uh,
1: skimming the surface. <laughs> that's right, <laughs> literally.
0: But those who don't know, I mean, Salwa is very, very busy in the church, um, and I encourage you to listen to that show. That's called the My Encounter series. And if you go on our YouTube channel, or even our podcast page, or even on the EWTN Asia Pacific page, you will see that show. And uh, just a quick uh, update of where she's come from: born and raised Catholic, um, and you know, married with children and also uh, very heavily involved. You're working in Perusia, still are, <laughs> um, <laughs> part of the Maronite Eparchy and, and leading you know the Maronite Professionals Forum. Australian
1: and, Maronite Professionals Council.
0: Isn't that amazing? <laughs> and that's growing, right? It's, yes,
1: uh, thank God. The AMPC yeah, is doing so okay. Working
0: very close with the Maronite <laughs> Bishop. Um, and then, of course, we won't forget your involvement with the uh, um, you know, the EWTN, different TN EWTN um, yeah, um no. media. Oh, no, there's <laughs> a lot, don't place. worry about it. <laughs> it's
1: but a of long course, list. Yeah. Uh, above all, above all, my vocation is mother, <laughs> yes. wife, and daughter of God the Father. That's it, beautiful. That's it. I've got to remember beautiful.
0: That. <laughs> now, this is a topic we're gonna um talk about. <laughs> We've never spoken about this before. Um, and there's a beautiful image behind us, you can see of Jesus holding That's amazing. Holding a baby. That image.
1: I'm just. I'm mesmerised by that picture. It's
0: a beautiful image. It
1: just. It. It says it all. Mm-hmm. I'm lost for words looking at that picture. It says uh, everything that a mother yeah. wants to see, wants to know, and wants to um, to believe. That hope. Uh, yeah, miscarriage is a very touchy subject.
0: I might. I might lead in, and I'll, I'll say. I've, my mother had, had uh, four miscarriages. Um, I know that we she lost uh, twins before I was born, so there was a boy and a girl, twins. Mm. She talks about that. So, you know, she's six boys, um, one of six boys, but she's had ten uh, pregnancies and so there would have been ten children if you think about that. And there are ten children. I mean, there's four in heaven, yes. as we say. Um, but I hear stories and, uh, I, you know, I know you've mentioned it once or twice in the past, just in passing. And we're going to dive in today, Mm. but I didn't realise the impact of it really until we lost our first child, uh, Christine and I. So we have seven beautiful children, or really eight, um, because we had a miscarriage um, this year. Uh, It was in April. Um, I actually launched the book, remember the book, and at the launch I announced pregnant with number eight, please pray, and uh, it was within weeks then... um, Christine lost the baby. Was was, she was fifteen weeks, Mm. and and so everyone talks about that thirteen week mark. You know, you get to thirteen weeks, you hit your third, you finish that first trimester, and you pass the safe zone. Well, I mean, there's no there's no zone there. So whether you a lot of people don't mention um, that they're pregnant until they're twelve weeks or thirteen weeks to be safe. Yeah. Look, I say to that: um, as soon as you find out, the idea is get let people know so they can pray because you cannot guarantee. Um, whatever's going to happen, so we ask people to pray yeah, and of course it 's up to God uh, if he destines for that child to go to full term or not and 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 god 's will be done um mm. but you know that whole experience um really I remember the day clearly I remember um, just it was very graphic uh, lots of blood and and just emotion um, and we went to the hospital and um, and then the hardest thing is when the realization there's no way that this baby was going to survive and and the news was pretty evident okay it's 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 confirmed we've lost the child um, and i remember seeing you know an elf an arm an elbow and you you know yeah lots of t- they it call makes it, it, it real. tissue it
1: makes the baby real and you real. Just think
0: this child yeah. is is a child and um, look it's very emotional um And I remember it shook me to my core that day as a father. But then, um, you know, that whole day was all about Christine and 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 carrying with her, and she was very emotional. And I realized, wow, uh, this is hard. This is not easy. Uh, But our faith teaches us that, okay, um, this child, through no fault of its own, died, innocent, and therefore it's not going to hell. Obviously, no. So it's going to be in a better place. Yeah. And so our faith teaches. Through baptism of desire, this child would be in heaven and so it's not suffering right now mm. and that's it. So it's almost it, it, the faith that we, we possess would remind us, okay, if our goal is to get these children to heaven, well, the consolation is, okay, one down. <laughs> well, you know, before um,
1: Pope Benedict uh, Emeritus, uh, we had the teaching of limbo. Yeah, that's So right. as a mother, I didn't know where my babies went. Mm. We actually, we didn't have even the confirmation that you just stated that yeah. by baptism of desire our children are in heaven. See, we didn't Makes know that again, yeah. back in the 60s and 70s and 80s. We didn't know that. We were just told that we the church doesn't know and that there is a place called limbo. But yeah. Pope Emeritus um, clarified that yeah. saying, no, they go to heaven. Thank God. <laughs> That's
0: right. And... And yeah. so, look. I, that, from a father's perspective, I know it was it was tough, and and initially, I was more concerned about my wife and her health. And um, but it's been a few months now, and thank God, uh, you know, to heal. What we did was, um, uh, we had the the remains of of the baby collected um, once they investigated what happened, and then we buried the remains in a backyard under a rose bush. Now we're not required to do that, but it's just something we. Um, we wanted to do. Um, got that's, a blessing from a priest and uh, we so got a candle. Closure. Yeah, that's closure. It's it just helped us. Helped helped us heal. Oh,
1: absolutely. It, and you named mm-hmm. your baby?
0: Yes, yeah, so I. Ter- um, Therese Dominique Theresa Dominique and uh, we, we believe it most likely a girl. Just a uh, strong feeling. We don't know for sure, but that's why we had two names. Yeah. So it's Teresa or Dominic. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, we, we invoke those saints every day and. Yeah, the kids are reminded of that as well. There's a candle there and we'll remember that day. And it's actually the Feast of the Annunciation, March uh, 25th. 25th, um, We'll remember um, Therese. Beautiful. Now, that's our experience. And Mm -hmm. and it wasn't – soon after that I I got a message from someone who said, how do we help people deal with it? Then we had a marriage summit and then it was, um, okay, one of the talks was about dealing with miscarriage. Then all of a sudden, I mean, we – we talked, you and I, and and
1: because yeah. uh, you triggered a lot of emotions, your miscarriage triggered oh. my emotions.
0: <laughs> and and what people may not realize, but you've had five.
1: Yeah, I, like five. your mum, I've had ten pregnancies. Ten pregnancies, so I have ten babies.
0: So can we start there? And you, where do we begin? Your, you have uh, the, when you experience your first one, can we can we start there? Yes. Um, you. Raised a Catholic, very pro-life. You wanted this child.
1: 17th of April, 1984. You remember the, the date? I don't know how I remembered it. I remembered it after your miscarriage. Wow. Yeah, I remembered it. It just, because uh, it's something that you block out. So, um, of course, mis- miscarriages uh, in my day, I'm talking about the 80s, was not spoken about. It was just like another monthly cycle. Mm. That's how it was treated. So to speak about it is just over the top. You just don't do that. You're being fanatical or, you know, get over it. Everyone had that attitude. So, um, and not knowing, as I said, where babies go, um, mothers like me were just made silent. So we couldn't express our grief. I couldn't express my grief. And that's why I never recalled uh, the dates. And I still don't remember the dates of my miscarriages. I've sort of... Buried them. Mm, mm-hmm. So it's it's a suppressed grief, which is not good, uh, which is what I'm dealing with now at my age um, in the form of uh, PTSD, post-traumatic stress, um, which is a very common disorder that people don't talk about. And miscarriage is part of that problem. So when I lost my first baby, it was in a car accident. Um,
0: How many weeks uh, were you... They almost. said
1: that I was about nine weeks. Nine weeks, okay. Yeah. And then um, it was traumatic. But the the worst trauma was that I wasn't allowed to grieve about it. I was in hospital for the day and you can't cry. Why are you crying? It's just a blob. What are you crying for? That was mm. the attitude mm-hmm. I received. And that made me feel even worse. So there was this, this self-shaming really like, Salah, why are you crying? Why are you acting like a baby? You know, get over it. It's... No big deal. So you convince yourself as a woman that what you're feeling, you shouldn't be feeling. And then again, like I said, suppressed grief um, and suppressed anger. And then, um, yeah, it just goes on. It's common, isn't it? It goes Um, on.
0: How many of us in in today's culture, it it is a blob of tissue. It is Mm. considered. And what people fail to realize, is a bit of logic tells us, if you want the child, then it's a child. The moment you don't want the child, then it then switches it's automatically a into that's this so blob true, of tissue. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> how does that work? I know, but
1: um, you know, the, the pro-life movement has brought it to our attention that your baby is a baby from the right. moment of conception. Whether we it's a life, whether
0: we want it or not,
1: it doesn't. Yeah, it makes no <laughs> difference. Child. Like that's my baby, mm-hmm. and I'm attached to that. And I think it was. Uh, Father Mike Schmitz, was it, that said that a mother's cells and a baby's cells are connected and they never um, disappear. The baby's cells, once the baby is born or delivered, the cells remain in the mother's body.
0: Father Calloway talks Father about this. Father Calloway, yeah, was and, it? Yeah, and, uh, yeah it was, one, it was of, I of, one um, of them. The, mirror, the image of a of lady being pregnant with Jesus. Yeah. And so then Jesus actually has in him um, the cells from Mary. Yeah. And so... Forever, for eternity. That's right. He has Mary uh, as part of him. Well,
1: I wrote that in my article. (laughs) Yes, which
0: is out, yeah, it it will be out. It's like those watching live, it's not out yet. It'll be out uh, in a few days. But uh, those who are watching this, (laughs) it it should be on the Narrow Narrowgate series.
1: So miscarriage is very painful. Because you don't have anyone to talk to, like I really admire and respect you, Sharbil, and any father like yourself who has stood by his wife, because that is really important. A woman needs to know that she's not alone, mm. um, that that she did just have a baby, that her pain isn't um, worthless or unimportant. Uh, it needs to be recognised and stated and acknowledged you're in pain and you're grieving and I understand and I'm with you and I am grieving with you and I support you because everyone needs that support. Um, But unfortunately, I didn't get that support, so I was just thrown out on a limb pretty much, or under the bus, as they say, thrown under under the the bus. bus. (laughs) That's
0: right.
1: Yeah, I was thrown under the bus. So that was only the first miscarriage. And then the second one, um, uh, when I had the miscarriage, I was going. In, I went into the hospital and they were going to have the usual curette and they had a scan and there was another heartbeat. So it was one of twins that I lost. Wow. Um, How long after? Thankfully, yeah. about oh, maybe six months or... Yeah, yeah. Soon after. Yeah. yeah, soon after. It was at the end of 80, yeah, sorry, uh, 84. Yeah, end of 84 because then my daughter mm. was born in 85, the surviving twin. So they assumed that the lost twin was a boy because they say, the doctors at that time said to me, uh, usually the male uh, child is um, more fragile than the female. So if it was twins, they just assume it was the male twin that was lost. Um, And then uh, uh, that was again traumatic. And I think that's what's what's caused my postnatal depression with my first child, uh, I shouldn't say my first child, but see, I'm accustomed to saying that. Yes. She was literally my third. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, so with um, I had postnatal depression, which wasn't diagnosed. Uh, I just know now, from hin- in hindsight, All these years later. that that's what it was. Mm. When I would find myself sitting alone in our apartment, just on the floor, crying, just sitting in a corner. I remember as uh, it was horrific. This poor little girl—that's what I was—a little girl um, sitting in the corner of her house and just crying, not knowing what to do with myself. Yeah, I had and no, no support. one to talk to. No, no support. And then um, a very, very dear friend of mine, God bless her, Melanie. She's still my best friend. <laughs> uh, she popped in on me one day and and saw me. And she encouraged me to get up, put the baby in a pram. And to go outside, and just walk. Yeah. She said, "Just go out, walk." And every day she would push me to do that. And so I just started to recover myself, and just get up and go, get up and walk, get up and do things. Um, but these days, thankfully, there is help for postnatal depression. It's more recognised. I don't think people realise that a lady, a woman who's had a miscarriage, can also go through postnatal depression because she's just had a baby, but like I said, it wasn't recognised as a baby. And that's Therefore, why there's no it's, such it's thing as postnatal. Pushed, yeah, yeah, there's no postnatal care, there's no postnatal anything because there was no natal. Mm. <laughs> Isn't that sad? It's just totally wiped out as if it didn't happen. Just It didn't happen. And that's part of the trauma. That, this is uh, widespread
0: worldwide. I mean, this is what has been... The norm, uh, yes. unfortunately. Um, yeah. Lack where, of understanding. Yeah, miscarriages are just, yep, whatever, yeah. yep, move on. That's right. Um, don't but, think about
1: it. Yeah, and I mean, the sad thing is that if you look up the word abortion, uh, sorry, not abortion, miscarriage, abortion comes up. Uh, it's called, um, oh, what's it called? Spontaneous abortion. Mm. Like the body aborts okay. a baby because there's something wrong. So the body is uh, discharging or removing something that is imperfect in your body. So that's what abortion was known, recognized as. So if you had, uh, not abortion, I keep saying abortion with miscarriage. No, no. But you see, they're the same thing in medical terms. A miscarriage is simply a natural abortion where the baby is aborted by the body, which is, isn't that sad? Yeah. But that's how the body works. So there was obviously something wrong with the child that is miscarried, or there's been a trauma like a car accident. My first one was a car accident. So um, if there's a trauma, you lose the child. Tra- if there's stress, if there's abuse, uh, whether it's physical abuse or mental abuse, um, that triggers also miscarriages a lot of the time.
0: Is any of that? In- I know there's typically an interview that takes place when at childbirth. So um, a midwife will, will ask. Or, or whoever it is, a psychologist or someone would ask the, the mother who's given birth certain questions, you know, they wanted to get to the bottom of uh, Have do you want this child, is this child out of freedom, all these things, is is the father around or is he abusive? So there's all these questions. Because they ask these
1: questions? Yeah,
0: well, these days they do, yeah. You're joking. <laughs> so that, you know, it, <laughs> it's, know, it's done just directly with the mother. Um, and, you know, and then there's this, the, then of course wow. they talk about contraception right away and they talk about, you know, you know, you don't have to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you're op- you've got options, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm just wondering, with a miscarriage, if they've ever go through the same process or, you know.
1: In my days, I'm telling you, yeah. Sharves, they just left me. I would just, uh, it was a day procedure. Um, you'd go in for a curate, you come out and you go home. Nobody looks twice at you. You don't even get a meal. You're treated just like an out. An outpatient, mm. um, not even as an outpatient. These days they give you a cup of tea or something. <laughs> they ask how you're feeling. They'll send in a social worker or um, someone, like you said, they might yeah. send in a social worker to make sure you're okay. No, there was none of that for me. And I'd had um, five miscarriages. And one of them was actually um, a delivery. It was stillborn baby. Wow. Uh, at 20 weeks. But the doctor at Canterbury Hospital at the time uh, saw me in a lot of stress. I was traumatized i had um, I was in a very bad um situation um at home, a lot of uh, emotional abuse um, and that's what triggered this particular miscarriage and so I found myself. Uh, going to the hospital by myself. I just called an ambulance. I knew something was happening and I was in a lot of pain. So I went by myself into the emergency. Uh, I thought it might have just been a miscarriage like the others. Mm. Um, And I found myself in (laughs) labour. And um, the doctor said to me, uh, we could write this off as 19 weeks so that you don't have to go through the drama of uh, the red tape, the death certificate, the burial, the funeral. That's all he said to me. This was on the emergency table as I was just delivered a baby and I was traumatised. Like, really, I should have had a social worker and a psychologist with me because I was really traumatised at that time. Um, And he said... um, do you want to know if it's a girl or a boy? And I didn't. I didn't want to know anything. I didn't know anything. I, I, right <laughs> I wasn't in the right I wasn't in the right greatest. frame of mind. Yeah. But help wasn't provided for me, and that's my greatest regret. My greatest regret is that I did not know, and I should have. I should have at least asked: Is it a boy or a girl? But you know. I, uh, like yourself, it doesn't matter if my babies are boys or girls. I've given them names now, knowing that they're in God's hands anyway. Yes. So it doesn't matter if my baby was a girl or a boy, it was my baby. And um, that, was, that was the most traumatic for me, that one. I guess going through labour and going through delivery Absolutely. makes it even more difficult having a stillborn as opposed to a 10-week or a 15-week miscarriage. I've had miscarriages at 12 weeks. I've had them at 9 weeks, 12 weeks, 15 weeks. Yeah, not a good experience. That wasn't the last one? there was
0: another one after?
1: Yes, there was. See, I can't... um, I'm actually having therapy. Uh, I'm 60 years old now going Don't through menopause <laughs> going through menopause and um uh, all these memories are being triggered and i'm having therapy for post traumatic stress disorder
0: it was yeah it's something you've had to deal with for all your life and, and uh,
1: so i can't even talk about it yeah. without crying because no, it doesn't okay. go away that's okay and that picture says it all our Lord is is carrying Yeah, Christine these said something so powerful that I've put in my blog article. She said that um, one woman, one woman was no, uh, recorded as saying that when she goes, when she dies, she can imagine that all her miscarried babies are standing in line, like welcoming her into heaven. And I that is the most beautiful picture any mother could have, most beautiful image, and, and that that picture there of Jesus carrying that baby, yes, that is so soothing to a mother who's had a a miscarriage, let alone 5 They're in the arms of Jesus right now. So I have an army of saints, and that's how I look at it now. I have an Praying army your, of saints in family. heaven. Yes. And that's probably why I can do the things that I do, and the, f- the faith that I've been able to hold on to is um, a fruit of the hope that I have. You know, when you want to cling to something because you don't want to lose it, like yes. you hope, and I hope that it's true, our children are in heaven and waiting for us. That's our hope, and from that stems our great faith yes, that is what's going to happen. Yes, they are in the arms of Jesus, Mary and Joseph and all the saints and they're playing with them in heaven and they're waiting for us. So this is the hope and the faith that we cling to and um, it should make us appreciate even more uh, life, which it has for me. For me, I mean, you ask my kids or anyone, I mean, there's a reason why they call me Mama Salwa because yeah. <laughs> I'm everybody's mum. I just, I just want to be your mother and I feel like God has consoled my grief by giving me even more children, mm. my spiritual children um, and the love of my own children. And I I appreciate that my husband can never understand because he wasn't brought up in that culture. You know, like you, Sharbil and the young generation, you're formed, you're given some kind of formation or understanding in school. You know, my husband grew up in the Middle East uh, with Lack of education, he wasn't um, educated. And uh, so he doesn't have that understanding or that compassion, unfortunately. But yeah, that's another story. <laughs>
0: um, very good point. Thank you. Um, it, it is very true, the culture and uh, many of us have tried to explain, make up reasons uh, what's happened. And, and let's go through a few misconceptions because... You know, my grandmother. I know uh, even as well. Growing up, the, the idea of you yeah, um, lifting heavy um, objects, or, or yeah, there's, there's a lot of people would pinpoint. Okay, I lost the baby because um, I lift I lifted too much shopping, or they pinpoint it to an actual scenario, it, and yeah. then they that must be the way they've dealt with it. But as we go through them, some of these are misconceptions where mm. it's not necessarily from lifting heavy things mm. that causes miscarriage. No, not because if you think about how much you how much you lift throughout a nine-month pregnancy and how much you go through, how much. And that's why men, when they take note and they can witness a pregnancy, uh, a nine-month pregnancy, and then the delivery, we know that women are a lot stronger than men (laughs) to go through something like that. Um, But So that's one misconception. And I guess if we we take that away, then there's a scenario, and I, I can't help think most women or mothers unfortunately would blame themselves they start to go through a litany of things, what did I do wrong? Did I do this wrong, did this wrong, did this wrong, did this, this wrong? When you know that you would you could spend the rest of your life blaming yourself. Yep. Um, what would you say to those women right now? And there's there would be thousands of them uh, yeah. around the world who are just blaming themselves or, or wondering what did I do wrong? Yeah we do We did blame I...
1: ourselves because we're the mother, yeah. this is my baby. And so I've done something wrong that's caused this baby to be miscarried. So what have I done wrong? And that's where the self-shaming comes in and uh, uh, it's a way of justifying what just happened. But let me tell you, all you did was bring life to that child. You've actually done nothing wrong. You've gained a soul for heaven. Think of it that way. Always think of it that way. You've gained a soul for heaven. You haven't done anything wrong to damage or hurt your baby. God has a plan in everything and we were saying before um, that God turns all things unto good for those who love Him. So maybe uh, there's something in your body that um, needs attention. Maybe there's a problem in the body that could be medical, that could require attention, um, and maybe it's just to strengthen you, to make you want even more to have a baby. Because I know it did with me. Losing a baby in miscarriage only made me want to have a baby all the more. Mm -hmm. And that's probably one of the reasons why I've always been pro-life, always been against contraception. Um, Even when, as as a young married woman... I was expected to go on contraception for some reason. I don't know why. But I just refused it. I, something in me was intrinsically pro-life. It was just a natural thing. I don't know why back in those mm-hmm. days, Sharbil, a lot of the Lebanese used to think it was okay. Catholics, good, well-meaning practising Catholics. They didn't know how wrong it was. They didn't know about contraception, how it was just... an abortive method really um yeah the so. lack of
0: education out there and and, and, and it is a society that's pushing it as well yes um and and just assuming right away that all mothers um are just that's it that, that they don't either don't want children anymore at all mm-hmm. zero yeah or one maximum two yeah and controlling, that's it and then yeah. they, and you have one boy one girl you've got the set you're done yeah it's Um, like going to a
1: shop and and ordering or ordering online select what you want I mean yeah but to those mums who think that you've done something wrong and you've brought on that miscarriage no don't (laughs) let people bring you to that shaming like I had that said to me you know what did you do
0: straight away what did
1: you do what do you mean what did I do
0: (laughs) Mm. that's not fair yeah
1: (laughs) no I didn't kill my baby I didn't cause this miscarriage. My body would have been weak. My body was already traumatized under emotional stress. Um, but not all women that have miscarriages, like Christine, for example, um, are under uh, um, are victims of abuse, right? No. Um, it could just be God's way of reminding us. That's all. I don't. I don't see it as a bad thing anymore. Yeah. Now I see miscarriage in a different light. God is saving my children without the hard work. I mean, what are we doing as parents, shall we? What's our goal? Just to Ultimate send them to goal, heaven. Absolutely. To, save, to heaven. Help make sure our kids get to heaven. And now I see that God did me a favour. He's actually made sure that I have five in heaven.
0: <laughs> that's, a, that's a beautiful point and, and maybe, look, I mean, the major point is, there are more miscarriages than we we um can contemplate is one in is it one in four pregnancies something like that
1: yeah that's true um, It's uh, very high. where
0: it's ended in miscarriage now yeah. there are no for most of them there's no medical reasons the, the, you know, yeah. th- there's no medical reasons for most of them mm. um so it's very hard and again another reason not to blame the mother yeah. um but how do we find peace women who who are still uh, maybe even buried this and not thought twice or those who have uh, maybe even like you, uh, for all their yeah. life, have just sort of hidden, just it. carried it, yeah. How, and now they're just thinking about it every time yes. they think about it. They tried. Maybe that date comes around each year, and it's like, oh, yes, I remember that time. Yes. How do we help these women find peace? And you've touched on it that the idea of them through are prayer, in
1: heaven and yeah, through blessed. through prayer and through our faith, knowing that they are with Jesus. Get a picture. Get a copy of that picture. You should. That's distribute beautiful. That. Great
0: choice, uh, Jess.
1: Should distribute that. Imagine that picture. Put that in your mind and keep it there permanently. Mm. Jesus embracing your child or your children. Um, I'm not going to lie to you and say that you will ever find that ultimate peace and you will not cry again and you will not grieve again because it's not true. I I continuously (laughs) grieve. Even when I speak about my babies, I still cry after all these years. Because they're real to me. And I made them real because someone said to me only recently, name your children. They're baptised by desire. So therefore I know they're baptised because I want them to be. So now name them. So I did. I named them. And so now I can write about them. I can talk to them. I can actually pray for each one of them individually. And I find myself smiling Beautiful. And to me, that's the best kind of peace, peace of mind and and peace of heart that I have found um, through my faith and just remembering them in prayer and talking about them and to them as real people, not as just a blob that I passed.
0: These are your children.
1: (laughs) These are my babies. Yeah, and I have a, an army of crusaders praying for me. Go, Mum, go, Mum. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. Mum, what's that? What? that's beautiful. See, that's the peace. See the joy. See how God does that? He'll allow you to cry and grieve. And then in a split second, he'll put that joy in your heart and, and you just, no words. God is so good. He really is. There's a reason for everything.
0: That's a beautiful quote, Jess. Uh, the best and most beautiful things in the world cannot be seen nor touched, but are felt in the heart, amen. And uh, the image of Our Lady, those listening, an image of Our Lady with a love heart around her um mm-hmm. womb. Yeah,
1: and um, Helen Keller was blind, she's amazing. Helen Keller, wow, Australian, wow, yeah, that's true. That's true. You don't have to see. Like you were, you were blessed, Sharabil, to see your baby and to be able to bury your baby. Mm-hmm. That is very healing. I wish I could have done that. I wish I knew then what I know now. And a lot of women my age and that grew up in my era would probably be saying the same thing. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And, but that's where my great grief and trauma comes from, thinking, what did they do with my baby? And I don't want to go there. I don't want to think about that, but that's the reality, unfortunately. What did they do with my baby?
0: And it look as you say, it is out of your hands. Um, yeah. and we leave it up to God now, okay. and uh, and what's beautiful about our faith is remember time is passing and there's always something to look forward to and we will be able to be reunited one day yeah. if our strife and, and that image I'll just yeah. of your children to be able to welcome you one day yeah. um you pr- them praying for you right now helping yeah. you on the journey to come on mom keep going don't stop you know? <laughs> that's just i i remember the yeah the, the graphic imagery yeah. of seeing um the child but then um and then the realisation how precious life is. It's like a light switch. Mm. I'll never take for granted my life and never take for granted any of my children's life. And I thank God when people say, how many children do you want? (laughs) The classic question. We shouldn't put a number to it. In fact, we don't deserve any. We don't deserve one. And I can't stress that enough. If you are blessed with one child, you are are eternally blessed. If you are blessed with two children... I mean, just thanks be to God. Yeah. It doesn't matter how many children you have. It's not about. Some women have, have spent their whole life, you know, and, and I pray for them, they cannot ha- fall pregnant. And so this is very difficult as well for yeah. couples who are trying to fall pregnant and cannot. And That's how many right. do we know now? That's right. And uh, on the flip side, you've got so many women who are falling pregnant <laughs> but don't want the baby. And we've got this huge number that, that should never be happening. The high rates of abortion. It's just so it's sad. Ridiculous. Um, yeah. and, and that's normal. And, and so we have all this, and it's all under one word, um, oh, it's the medical procedure. Yeah. And that can hide all of, the, all of the imagery, all the graphics, and that's our way of just moving on. But we're not really dealing with it. And women um, don't talk about it, but when a topic like this does come, and that's why this is a unique opportunity here, we haven't done this, and, and, and it is quite emotional, it's, it's yes. difficult, but... Um, we felt a need that um, we need to at least put it on the table. Let's talk about this. Flesh I, agree, us out. I agree. We talk about abortion. We talk about even contraception. Mm. We talk mm. about marriage. We talk about all these things. But the idea of a miscarriage mm. yeah, and, and what you go through, mm. we, we, we very, r- very rarely talk about. I don't think I've seen it no, out there. No, we don't. Um, we don't.
1: That's why there's so much uh, uh, post-traumatic stress yeah. with women who have had miscarriages because it's not spoken about.
0: What should these women do? Should you recommend... Those watching now, do they talk to who? Do talk, they talk to talk yeah. to the to the father? Talk to the husbands if they can. If, or who? Look, would they if they have to? a Other husband women? like you, they, yeah.
1: they would be understanding, and they could talk to. By all means, please do. Um, if you have girlfriends that have been through it, mm. talk to them. Um, if you want, you can talk to me. <laughs> um, yes. It's taken me a long time, a long time, uh, to admit that I need help. Uh, My prayer life has made me so resilient that I haven't felt the need. But as I said, I went through menopause and that has its own emotional uh, turbulence attached to it and uh, um, a lot of triggering. So memories are brought up and past traumas are brought up and I realise that uh, as strong as my faith is, God himself is leading me on the path of opening up and speaking about it sharing my traumas with someone who will listen and so when I told my doctor straight away he put me uh, onto a therapist who I've been discussing and talking with for the last six months which has helped me to open up otherwise I wouldn't have been sitting here talking to you about this yeah it would have still stayed in me and continued to make me unhealthy and that's the other thing shall so be um, those kind of traumas aren't just um, things that happen and they're gone. They stay in your body. I mean, my body has been through so much over the years. Uh, there isn't an illness I don't have. I mean, I don't have AIDS actually. <laughs> but <laughs> you're
0: mean, not. You're there's not. You're so not many things this. wrong with my yeah. body
1: yeah. because of my mental state. And the mental state is a result of the traumas that I've been through that have been silenced, just not spoken about. Yes, and miscarriage is one of them.
0: Isn't it interesting, that the, 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 the mental game, the, we're discovering more and more now yep. um, how much of an impact it can have on the physical body. So Absolutely. your mental state impacts your physical state. Yes. So stress can cause damage. A lot of life. damage. And it's leading to damage. death. It's leading to people yep. uh, in, in all sorts of scenarios and yeah, depression yeah. and anxiety are higher than they've ever been or yep. we, as long as, as as much as we can measure it now.
1: Yeah, a lot of stress.
0: There is a, a comment here and I just uh, Silvana, I don't know if you know her but she's she's uh, said a beautiful comment here um, but she's asking advice and thank you for your comment Sylvana. and question. She would like to ask advice to people who want to support women who've had miscarriage. What advice would you give to people like that? I'm assuming maybe Sylvanas one of those. But women who want to help others who've gone through miscarriage, where could Mm -hmm. they start? Thank you for the question.
1: Start with your uh, doctor. Um, Church groups. I I would like the church to recognise women that have had miscarriages and to provide help for them, like say in Maronite care, Mm -hmm. in our Maronite eparchy. Um, We do have help there. We do have family counselling and um, people that you can talk to. Uh, If you don't have friends that you can talk to, thankfully I do have friends now. I understand I can talk to my friends. But if you don't have anyone or you can't trust anyone, um, go to a therapist, go to a place like Catholic Care, uh, places that provide family counselling. Don't be scared. Don't be ashamed. This is the problem. It's shame. See, me as a Lebanese woman, I'm ashamed to say I need help. I was ashamed. I'm not ashamed anymore. I was ashamed to say I need help to get through this. I was carrying everything on my own. I was building up um, all this suppressed grief and um, just confusion within me. And it was killing me physically. My body was so disabled in so many ways. I was having surgery after surgery for different things and just very unhealthy. Uh, Most of it was, I realise now, because of trauma. Mm. Um, It is good to be able to talk to someone and I am offering myself, I'm serious, if you want to talk to someone, call Jessie at The Voice of Charity. She'll give you my number If we know we can talk to another woman who's been through it, it's so relieving. Like, I felt so relaxed being able to talk to Christine, your wife. And I'm telling you, Sharbi, your unfortunate miscarriage was my fortune because that was the trigger that made me realise I need to speak about this. I need to start talking and expressing my grief and my pain and my sorrow and acknowledging, yes... I've been through this, and yes, I need help. And I'm not alone. I know that. I know that now.
0: You have written <laughs> uh, an article on this as well. <coughs> yeah, um, I've
1: written. I started to write um, as a way of healing. And you're going to share that on the blog, absolutely, in two parts because it's very long. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but yeah, look I for that. I could write so much more, but <laughs> um, yeah, and encourage yeah, but people. To writing is read my that. outlet. And you said before, how do we? Um, how do we find peace? Uh, writing was another way. Okay. Prayer, uh, the sacraments, definitely number one, the sacraments. and uh, Just going to confession. Um, I mean, we haven't committed a sin. Miscarriage is not a sin by any means. Thank you for clearing that up. And that's Miscarriage why. is not exactly. a sin. <laughs> um, but we go to confession for our own personal healing. Mm. Um, and I've been reading a lot of books on um, self-help. One of them was called How to Forgive Yourself and Others. And I realised from reading that book that I'm the one that needs to forgive me. Yeah. That's something that I want all these mothers that have had miscarriages to hear and to understand. Forgive yourself. Just say, I am sorry for not forgiving myself I did nothing wrong and I'm still blaming myself for my miscarriage, I have to forgive myself. And only through confession did I learn to forgive myself. So please pursue, persevere in the sacraments and in prayer.